you know, I've given up a <laughs> lot for this job already. I already put myself at risk a lot in this job. And I can't, you know, in this, you know, out of all the things that I'm sure that's worth, you know, worth tackling, you know, a staff shortage, you know, the vaccine rollouts, you know, PPE gear, all this stuff that I would imagine would be more, uh, more important for people to you know especially our job to start focusing on um my beard you know i don't know what's going on my name is geo and this is me lj and welcome to the assessment proudly part of the west west network family man far out how long has it been since our last podcast it was about three weeks eh? yeah no, i can't believe how um the time has actually flown geo a lot of well, a lot of things have happened, right? I mean, you've been going through a lot of stuff, and you know, work for me has been really busy. And what you know, these days when I come home from work, I'm just absolutely exhausted. I, eh? you know, it's difficult finding time to play for you, play with your kids, let alone do a podcast. You know, but I'm glad we managed to to hit it off today. Yes, no, definitely, and it's true what you say. It's been quite a busy time, Giovanni. Um, mm. You know, heading into Christmas and everything, but. Um, there's a lot of changes in our team as well. And I guess there's some staff shortages and mm. um, staff not able to do frontline because of underlying health conditions and things. And, yes. you know, occupational health and safety, you know, the saying that they can't do frontline work. So that work gets yeah. distributed. Yeah. Well, well yeah. speaking of occupational <laughs> hazards <laughs> and human resources and all that, um, might as well we could we could actually i wanted to talk to you about that as well a couple of things i wanted to talk to you about but i think the main thing we kind of i know i saw you today already but you know we kind of started that discussion but it kind of got my brain kind of working where it was about how many podcasts ago probably like four four podcasts ago we were kind of talking about beards and um, the safety and the rumors and we kind of <laughs> went through the different facts for beards and I was quite vocal in saying that I wasn't going to shave my beard for any reason. Fast forward to episode 10. Here I am sitting here with a mustache only, feeling very naked on my face. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm conflicted, eh? Because we talked about it earlier today. Like, you know, I was really going with the whole, you know, it's my choice. I, I want to, you know, I want to have a beard. Not, not for, obviously not for religious reasons, but... I feel like it was a big part of my identity. I've had it for like nine plus years. I had 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 never shaved. And all of a sudden I've been told that I have to shave for health and safety reasons, right? Because we talked about masks and we talked about proper fitting and all that in the last episode. So, you know, so long story short, after about ooh, a while, you know, I'm going to say like three, three weeks, maybe of back and forth meeting with managers and stuff like that. I have unfortunately relinquished my beard, reluctantly relinquished it. Um, and yeah, I don't know how to feel about it. I still don't know how to feel about it yet. You know, I feel like I've given a big part of myself up for this job. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Giovanni, because, you know, since you and me, we've been working, I think, six years or something together now, five or six years. Since I was a new grad. Yes. Since I started nursing, we've been working together. And and since then, I've always known you with a beard. So that's, as you say, part of your identity. That's how I got to know you, um, you know, and, you know. Um, well, I have the beard, right? That was that was kind of like my my identity, you know. If you didn't know my name, you definitely knew I was the guy with the beard. 
you know. But now I now I don't now I'm the guy with the mustache. I don't, I don't know if it's got the same kind of ring to it. You know what I mean? But you know, it, it, it this whole ordeal has got me thinking, right? <clears throat> you and I, we work for the government. We're public servants, right? So our job is basically here to serve the public. Our employment is uh, being funded by taxpayer money, and with that in mind, it, this this is where my mind started to shift a little bit, right? Mm. So when this whole beard incident started coming through, where they're like, "You have to shave your beard," blah 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 blah, you know, health and safety reasons, protocols, all this stuff. In my mind, it's them telling me what to do, and and you know, for people who know me, I don't like being told what to do, <laughs> whether it's the right thing or not. It's just it's just something in my brain. It it just you know when t- someone, especially it's the way that they approached me with it. It wasn't like a you know, like a nice little, you know, it's kind of like, uh, what are you going to do with your beard? Like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to have to shave it. You know, it, you know, it wasn't a, to me, it felt like very bullyish, shall I say? Kind of, no, oh, that's probably a bit unfair. Um, but more I felt, like a directive, would you say? Yeah, more, more like a directive, which, which is basically what it was. And, you know, it, it really got my, my blood boiling. Hey, just like, fuck you know, I've given up a lot for this job already. I already put myself at risk a lot in this job. And I can't, you know, in this, you know, out of all the things that I'm sure that's worth, you know, worth tackling, you know, a staff shortage, you know, the vaccine rollouts, you know, PPE gear, all this stuff that I would imagine would be more, uh, more important for people to, you know, especially our job to start focusing on um, my beard. You know, I don't know. No, maybe <laughs> I felt targeted. Okay, <laughs> I felt like so, I was targeted. <laughs> so, what actually made was the deciding factor? Like, mm. you know, deciding what made you actually say, "Okay, it's time for me to shave my beard." Yeah, it, it actually happened uh, last night. I mean, I had been going back and forth with with HR about it, and um, had meetings, multiple meetings with coordinators, uh, meetings with managers. And all of that wasn't really swaying me, right? And then I kind of, I kind of just stood back, and I think I was having a conversation with someone. I think I was having a conversation with Kim, maybe, because um, she works for the PSA, mm-hmm. um, who, who's our uh, who's our union. So she's our union rep. And you know, as we're talking, I kind of came to the self-realization that as public servants, we're kind of. As, as much as I'm a big, big supporter of, of rights and, and, and individual rights and your right to choose and stuff like that, um, when you're a public servant, I think there are certain things that we have to give up for the good of the public, right? Um, I was coming at it from an angle where it was like, you know what? I want to have a beard. Fuck what the DHB wants. This is what I want, mm. you know? No, so more a personal, more a personal it, it was view a personal, on it rather it, than a well. It, it know, was a deeply, it was a, it was a deeply personal view for me because I feel like it was quite a significant part of who I was. Like I said, um, mm. uh, having a beard was kind of like, you know, it was part of my identity. I kind of incorporated it into my identity, so um, it, it was a big part of of who I was. You know, I kind of identified myself as you know this, this, this who has a beard. You know, it's, I don't mm. know, as weird as that sounds for some people, but mm. that's kind of like how I identified myself. So to be told to shave um, was quite a, was a, was a big deal for me. So the turning point was mm. realizing that as a public servant, I need to put the needs of others in front of mine. 
So a lot of soul searching. So going so deep, right? Going so deep, all because of yeah. a beard, you know? Um, well, that's us mental health, you know, finding <laughs> the meaning in everything. <laughs> but the, the beard, you know, it, it's, you know, other than it's something that you, you know, it's personal to you, you know, it's, it's part of how people perceive you as well, you know, so that's part of, you know, who they get to know, you know, and especially if you've not shaven for many, many years, you know, um, it, 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 you know, I'm, I'm sure people at your home, your family, and even your colleagues would definitely notice you've shaved and probably comment on it and have all sorts of feelings about it. Yeah. I'm, and I'm <laughs> not in the mood for that at all. So come to work tomorrow. I'm not in the mood to have everyone and their dog have an opinion on how I look and, and stuff like that. So, um, but you know, um, yeah, so I gave it a lot of thought, you know, um, talked about it with my wife and stuff like that. And this morning I just had this urge. I was like, fuck it. And, and, and anyone knows me, that's my, that's my motto in life. It's, it's basically need to do something. Fuck it. I need to need to go. Mm-hmm. And then, so I kind of woke up this morning, grabbed the clippers. Cause I didn't have any, obviously I didn't have any shaving equipment. I don't shave. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just went to work, you know, just kind of trimming this, trimming that. And it was kind of like, as soon as the clippers touched, you know, the side of my face and it started going down, it's like, all right, we're there. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, you know, now that it's done, I think it sucks. <laughs> you know, I, I really don't enjoy the way that I look, but I, I do. I, I will go and say that I do think shaving was the right thing to do. I think at the end of it all, health and safety is important and it matters. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Mm. The last thing I want to do is be the conduit of, of transmission for our clients who are vulnerable already, you know? Um, all for the sake of, <clears throat> of my pride, you know, and, and, and I guess that's what was the main thing, it, you know, I don't like being told what to do. And, you know, and I don't want to minimize it. I do think it, it's a significant thing for me to sort of have to shave. Um, and now I've got like a big dirty mustache now. That's all that's left. It looks like you compromised Giovanni, like you shaved, you know, which is, you know, well, part of the health and safety I guess suggestion I, and requirement, and you've kept the mustache. <laughs> if I was petty, if I was a petty person, I would show up with a Hitler mustache just to fucking fuck people over, you know, just to fuck people off, you know, because uh, it's an acceptable form of of, 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 of facial hairstyle. Uh, the oh, it's called a toothbrush mustache, but obviously it was quite a well-known mustache because of Hitler. Um, and you know, but that would have been just taking a piss, you know, it would have just taken the piss of everyone. But yeah, so that's that's kind of like the beginning, the beginning of this episode is just I think I think as as nurses, we need to compromise a lot of our beliefs, you know, um, you know, I think there's a lot of things that we don't believe in. And for the greater good, we kind of have to put that aside to provide mm-hmm. care. And and I guess mm-hmm. this is a minor thing I, I'll do, in the grand scheme of things. This is quite a minor thing that I've given up, mm-hmm. um, but but I've had to give it up, you know. Giovanni, it made me think of myself as well, you know, um, for me, you know, I do, I don't mind change, so my, you know, hair and everything, I change it quite often, so I often shave, and then I shave my hair short, and, you know, for me, when the, you know, the mask became, you know, a requirement, um, it wasn't such a big thing. Um, At the same time, I um, also thought, you know, it's after a lot of discussions, I, you know, with my wife and a few friends and things as well is, um, you know, so there is, you know, a pandemic at the moment. And I guess the DHP 
um, you know, would like their staff to be as much as possible safe, um, you know, preventing as much as possible risk and harm to the staff of the DHP, um, looking out for staff, but then also ensuring that staff has the ability to do things, do their work and keep on doing the good thing, you know, providing mm. health care to those in need. Um, where if staff, for example, would get exposed and, you know, booked off sick or end up in hospital themselves, um, you know, that's not always a good space to be in. No. Um, so that's what I was thinking. And even the mask fitting when I did the test, um, I was quite curious why on earth would you do a half an hour uh, session on how to fit the mask. Mm. Afterwards, um, you know, I realized that it was about, you know, getting the correct fit. So there was different types of masks and also mm. seeing whether, you know, when you breathe, does it actually, um, you know, allow air in or not? And um, yeah, so, and they also showed you how to fit it properly mm. and how to take it off and stuff. So this could probably be done in like 10 minutes, really. Really. But, but so I guess it's, it's, it's a safety component. Yeah. I but I guess it, it, it's also a way of them kind of uh, ticking off like, okay, we've provided this, 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 and this, mm. Got, you know, um, <clears throat> and then we're kind of, well, not really liable, but it's like, we've kind of given them the tools. So whatever happens, it's kind of your fault if, if mm. you get COVID because <laughs> you didn't follow the protocols <laughs> properly, but we, we, you know, which is, can be argued both ways, you know? So yeah, it's, um, Yes, it's going to be an interesting next couple of weeks because I feel like we've given up so much for this COVID thing, you know? I think I feel like we've given up so much of our freedoms already for it. And, and you know, a lot of it I agree with and a lot that, you know, and some of it we mm -hmm. kind of spoke about it in previous podcasts about, you know, choice and vaccine passports and all that. Um, but I think in this particular case, it's a little bit different because we're, we're civil servants and, and we, we're here to, to serve the public. We are paid and funded by the public. You know, the government gets their money from the public. So um, we do have to give up some some liberties. You know, I feel I feel really sad, though, because like I'm here complaining about not having not being allowed to have a beard. But, you know, the recent numbers I've seen of, of nurses and doctors being stood down because of their refusal for the vaccine is is slowly growing, mm. you know, and, and, and I'm a bit concerned about that, you know. I'll be concerned about what what things are going to look like in the next year or so when when the staffing shortages just gets worse and worse, you know. And, and you know, if you look at mental health nursing just in itself, it's already a hard to staff area, mm. and um, I can already see that there is you know pressure on the service, you know, because a lot of people, you know, they need to support, um, you know, especially you know during this time of the year. But then also having the staff to provide that support. And if you don't have people or keep standing people down, it just puts pressure on the existing staff. Mm. So it is, you know, and then as you say, you know, um, it's a lot of things, you know, for example, the PPE. The last two weeks, I, I thought it was probably some of the hardest for me because um, we had to wear full PPE at every point of contact. So mm. it means you have to put on, you know, you basically... A gown and your mask and goggles and hand, you know, mm. gloves and everything. And that's very time consuming, but very uncomfortable as well. And you stand out quite a lot, um, you know, Oops. so, so it's, you know, so that was not easy for me, but, mm. you know, I pushed through. Um, yeah. And, and we kind of do, right. I mean, this is the thing we, we, we don't really get, 
um, a lot of choice in these matters. And, and of course, you know, um, they're basically there's a lot on their um, on research and, and things like that. I'm just having a look here and it says uh, 17th of November, which is quite a while back now, but 1300 health workers have been stood down in New Zealand, in New Zealand. So that's the HBY. Mm-hmm. So about 463 of those are nurses, 67 are midwives. Um, I'm guessing, and then the rest will be kind of divvied up into doctors and mm. and other stuff. Okay, it it it's yeah, I'm 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 a bit conflicted on on this particular topic at the moment because I think you know I mean we, everyone who's ever listened you know all five of the people that's listened to our podcast <laughs> so far you know they they know what our stances are on on, on vaccines right we're, we're for it. we're pro vaccine we should we think people should get it. Um, but I think where we disagree with a lot of other people, I guess, is, is being mandated to do it. So it's, yeah. So looking at all this, it's, it's a bit sad, you know, mm. it's a bit sad because we're kind of like in the middle of a pandemic, you know, there should be some form of middle ground that we should be able to work with these people. And, and I would say a lot of these people may not be, um anti-vaxxer shall we say and i think that's a you know it, it, mm. it's a dangerous thing for people just to assume that everyone who doesn't want who who doesn't you know um abide by this mandate is that they're all anti-vaxxers a, a lot of them i would i would say oh, oh listen i'm not gonna say a lot of them but a significant amount of number of them would be um already vaccinated they just probably don't want the second dose or maybe they just don't believe in the mandates and that your registration should be dictated on getting mm. a vaccine a vaccine by the way that's only a year old you mm. know so so i mean people are going to be wary of, of it all you know so it's interesting and and yeah i mean how do you feel about it i mean with all these people kind of going and, and being stood down I'm, I'm glad they just stood down they haven't been mm. kind of fired um what what do you think the what do you think the future looks like for us man <laughs> moving forward when it's it's quite hard you know because it is people who are working and they are working in a healthcare sector um and you know because of personal choice and you know they're basically being stood down and mm-hmm. the question is for how long you know they, i don't know whether there's a period of how long you'll be stood down for is it a permanent stand down until you're vaccinated or is it only for a period and I guess that's the big question I have. Um, the other thing to take notice, a lot of people, uh, for example, still have lives to run. You know, they might be parents looking up the kids or they might have mortgages to pay, um, mm. you know, and, you know, so not having income can place a significant amount of stress on, on you know, on those staff. Um, and it actually can put a bit of a disappointment into the employer as well, you know, for standing them down and they you know, lots of emotions, you know, whether it's anger, frustration, mm. a combination of things. Um, so I can imagine it's not easy for a lot of the co- our colleagues out there, Giovanni, um, mm. you know, and my question I have is, let's say, for example, you are stood down, and as you said earlier, you do compromise and you do offer, you know, or give a lot for your employment and your employer, I guess through passion, but, you know, um, but I guess my question is, you know, let's say your employer stands you down and there's no date by when you can return um, other than ultimatum, you have to accept the injection. Mm. Would you still want to work for that employer or would you still want to work in healthcare? And that's, you know, a possible mm. question a lot of people are, is asking. 
Yeah, I think, yeah, that's a good question. I think if they're stood down, are they still getting paid? And what is the time frame, like you mentioned? That will be interesting because I don't think the DHBs will be happy to keep paying these people for a prolonged period of time. So I do think there is a deadline. I just don't think we're, we're actually privy to that. Um, I, I, I don't know. You know, what, what, what scenario would we have where vaccinated, unvaccinated people would be still able to work? You know, I get the concerns of unvaccinated people sort of, you know, um, possibly spreading um, COVID to, you know, the elderly or to the vulnerable. But the people that are, <laughs> that are spreading the COVID at the moment are people who are jabbed. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, because, it, you know, it's the people who are vaccinated that are going out and, you know, fucking hell, you should have seen, you know, when the bars opened up on Friday, Friday night, Saturday morning, you know, fucking, <clears throat> fucking everyone and their dog was outside, you know, fucking out there, you know, and you can still catch and spread COVID with the vaccine. So, you know, um, yeah, it's, I don't know. Because, look, we'll do this scenario, right? You have uh, your grandmother who's going to hospital um, and there's the nurse that's, that's, that is going to sort of support her is unvaccinated. You know, does, is, is there a scenario where that will be allowed or is it because she's unvaccinated, she can't do a face-to-face, you know? And on the other side, if you're vaccinated, shouldn't you be okay? Should, you know, shouldn't mm-hmm. you be well protected from the vaccine that even if someone unvaccinated comes within your you know area and and has covid you know the vaccine's supposed to work right so i think there's a lot of variables right i think mm. i think this it, it's too simplistic to kind of say everyone needs to be fucking vaccinated mm. and dove you know um I, I think nurses should be vaccinated you know i think a lot of people need to you know get a lot of their you know which is what i've done on a much more minor scale um, you know, get their pride out of it and, and sort of do it. But a lot of people, it, it's not about pride, right? It's about, you know, a, a sincere belief that they don't believe that this vaccine is going to be helpful, you know? Mm. Um, I don't know what research they're looking at, but um, obviously it's it's enough for them to sort of feel that it, it's they're not ready for it. And there's not a lot of nurses that I know of that are, you know, that are anti-vaccine. Mm-hmm. I think most people and most nurses in our team are vaccinated. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, we'll be like close I, to 100% in our building, you know, mm-hmm. if not already 100%, mm-hmm. you know, at least first dose. I mean, I'll be surprised if there's people that haven't gone their second, but, you know, but uh, I, I would love to hear, or maybe I'm just missing, I would love to hear nurses who are part of the, you know, the, the group that are fighting the, the vaccination, the men, I would say they're fighting the mandate vaccination, mm. you know, um, I would love to hear their points of view, you know, because I'm sitting here from a point where I think people should be vaccinated. And I would like to hear from that point, you mm. know, because I've spoken to many nurses in our building already and, and everyone is keen on the vaccine. And I even heard of a few nurses that had the booster shot now. So that's the third vaccination. Yeah. And um, basically keen on it, um, mm. you know, and um, yeah. So it would actually be really good to hear from a nurse, um, you know, who is not for the vaccine, you know, is it, you know, because of particular concerns around the vaccine or is it mm. more around the mandate or both, I guess. Um, that would be and an just interesting to explore that a bit. That would be an interesting conversation. <clears throat> Maybe we can try and find someone for one of our newer podcasts, our next podcast about just, just seeing from that side of the aisle, what are they actually protesting about? You know, 
because the, the longer we're kind of going through this pandemic, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot more anger and resentment toward the government. You know, I think it doesn't matter who's in power. There's always been a group of people that are unhappy about the government and stuff like that. But I, I don't know, maybe not to this degree. You know, there was a protest yesterday in, in Newmarket and, and a cousin of mine, you know, she kind of messaged our, our group chat and was saying, you know, look, there's, there's the protest and, and some of the protests are coming into the shops and actually demanding that the staff there like take their masks off and, you know, do all these things, which eventually forced them to close the store because of safety reasons, hmm. you know, and that's, that's crazy. That's ridiculous. You know, first off, these, these workers are working minimum wage. They don't make any rules. The guys just there to get paid and, and have employment. You know, I feel really sad for the people who work in like those jobs, you know, people at McDonald's, people at, you know, at that, uh, hair salons and stuff like that who who you know by law have or i don't know if it's by law but but they must uh ask people for their um vaccine passport mm. you know and then people start getting mad at them it's like what right do you have to my medical information which i i see but you know why are you arguing with with them you know why are you arguing with the people working at the store like they don't make these decisions you know it, it's crazy it's crazy Giovanni, so what's your thoughts on the vaccine passport you know, the vaccine passport, you know, so when you have both the vaccinations, so it's not just mm. one vaccination, you you must have had both, then yep. you can get your vaccine passport. Mm. And um, what's your thoughts? I think it's ineffective because anyone can just use any vaccine passport. They're not asking you for ID to sort of um, confirm this is your vaccine passport and this, that, as far as I can see, you know, I've, mm. I've only recently used it like probably two or three times so far going to different places um yeah i I don't like it obviously um Mm. i don't feel like i wish i didn't have to show people my medical records oh you know about whether Mm. i've taken a vaccine or not because honestly i don't think it's anyone's business whether i've had the vaccine or not but it's at the moment, it's the only way that you can get into stores. And, you know, me, I'm all about convenience. So <laughs> yeah. I will, I will, you know, I'll, I'll do it, but I'm, I'm not happy about it. You know, I mean, if there was a vote to sort of say, do we want this? I mean, mine doesn't know because how, how are people regulating it at the moment? Mm-hmm. You know? And the thing is, Giovanni, is, uh, you know, a lot of people is concerned that the vaccine passport is now causing a bit of a, a second class citizen population based on their status. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so they won't have the privileges the vaccinated has. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, um, you know, more and more I'm hearing that people are uh, relating or associating the vaccine passport to the apartheid years, you know, where yes. you, you must have a passport or, a, you know, um, to allow you into specific shops or public areas or to travel um, based on the color of your skin, which is quite, mm-hmm. you know, um, racist and discriminate you know mm. discrimination um you know and here you know for example you based on your immunization status um you know are allowed in specific shops or not and i must say it's quite a it's quite provocative if a person says sorry you can't actually enter the shop and it happened to me earlier um in the week you know because you forgot your vaccine passport i forgot my vaccine oh. passport so i was not allowed entry into the shop and i looked up and i could see people smiling i could see people having you know something to eat something to drink 
And um, I was and here not... you are, a poor South African boy outside, starving to death. <laughs> I know. Oh. So I actually oh, um, you know, horror. So you know, there's a little bit of rejection there. You know, mm. you do. So it is, I think, a bit of a provo- you know, quite provocative. Once you are not allowed into a shop where you have always been shopping, you know, so it's not just a new yeah. shop. It's it's more, you know. Yeah, I mean. But, I can see the comparison. I can see the comparison that people are making with discrimination. I think it's discriminatory um, because, you know, you're basically choosing a group of people who can access the service and a group of people who can't. Um, and, and it is it is concerning, you know, it is concerning because that kind of is like if you're trying to find a middle ground between the people who didn't believe in the vaccinations and and I guess the majority of the country who do, you know, being telling them to fuck off, you can't do what you want to do. And, you know, especially going something as simple as going to a shop, going for, you know, going, going to haircuts, you know, as, as mm. minor as that, that, that argument is, but it's still, it's still something as simple as a bit unbe- If you can't do something as simple as that, you know, mm. obviously it's going to create a lot of contempt mm. and people are going to feel very discouraged and very, you know, um, discriminated against, and that's going to just further fuel their their anger, their their issues with the government. And I think if the government doesn't see that, and they mm-hmm. kind of continue to sort of put a label on these people as, you know, and, and the way the media does it too, like these people are idiots, they're stupid, you know, they don't know what they're talking about. I think it's a really unfair sort of viewpoint on them. Because I think the best thing would be to try find some middle ground for everybody. Mm. You know, I mean, these people, and, and it's not like you know, it's just white people. A lot of lot of Maori I see, mm. a lot of Pacific Islanders are, are mm. part of that um part of that movement. And, and and I would, you know, I would not be so quick to sort of say these these people are idiots. You know, they mm. don't know what they're doing. They mm. they're uneducated. That's that's a really unfair representation mm. of them. I'm sure some of them are very conspiracy theory driven <laughs> and maybe they, they need to have their head examined. But I, I don't think that's the majority. I think a majority of people feel that, you know, it's their body, their choice of whether they have a, a medical procedure, you know, vaccine administration is, is, is a medical procedure um, th- that it's their choice, whether they want that or not, you know, especially having to share that information with, with other people, which for a long time, you know, medical um, information was, was a very private thing, you know, and now we're just supposed to kind of just flip it open and just kind of just show everybody, you know, that this is what I have, you know, and just to go in to buy a drink, buy, buy a Coke, you know, it, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit silly. I think, I think it's a bit silly. Giovanni, and, you know, a lot of people is unsure as well. So I'll give an example, like I have a family member, you know, who does have an underlying health condition and um, basically have had both vaccines, you know, mm. and basically, um, so she's got COPD and because of that, she's struggling to breathe. And so especially when she puts on a mask, you know, you mm. know, she feels that she can't actually breathe and she becomes quite um, anxious Um which further um, causes her not to be able to breathe. Yes, and then yes, it's just yes. that vicious cycle. cycle. And then, yes, yes. So she applied for the, you know, the exemption. So she doesn't have to wear a mask, you know, and that was approved. Um, mm. So here, um, you know, going to the local, you know, shopping center, local mall, um, we, you know, where she's always been, you know, welcome. Um, suddenly, you know, security pulls her over and say, where's your mask? Um, mm. So, 
you know, Burson still had a, a shield, so it's those uh, face shields, but there's yeah. no mask. Um, but then she showed, you know, her exemption, and the security was not sure exactly, but they took the exemption and asked her just to wait here, checked and cleared it with management. Management said, yes, no, that's all good, and said, okay, no, that's all good, you can carry on. Um, so I'm mindful, you know, at that point, you know, uh, my family member became more stressed because she doesn't like all the attention mm. and, you know, being stopped by security for the first time, never done before. Um, and then, you at know, your local shop that you go at to your local shop. Years. And then, you know, a few minutes later, she went into the, one of the stores in the, in the shopping center. And then the first question is, where's your mask? You know, so, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, you so, know, and, you know, <laughs> And that's the, the the security's fault. They should be up to date and aware that there are people that have legitimate reason that they can't wear a mask, you know, and the exemptions were made for reason mm. for people, you know, like your family member, mm. you know, and yeah. So, so it just becomes very tricky, you know, it becomes, and the thing is, Giovanni, you know, here with the, the pass, you know, vaccine passport, I don't know if a stop date, it's not saying oh, for the next two months or the three months or next year. It's, you know, that's my question for how long is the next five, 10 years? Um, you no, know, I can and, tell you right now, I can, I can open up my, my vaccine passport and tell you the expiry date. And it's uh, not that long. Uh, no, the, the vaccine passport has expiry dates. Yes. But my question is how long do we still need a vaccine passport for, you know, having to renew it, renew it, renew it. Um, you know, so well for the for the for the meantime, there is no end date because ending, the, yeah. the, there's no one's talked about when things will go back to normal or mm. when we'll go back to not needing a vaccine passport. You know, we've stopped. You know, the interesting is no one's really talking about herd immunity anymore. I mean, is that no longer effective? Is mm. is herd immunity no longer a thing that we're going for? Is that kind of because herd immunity goes against the narrative that everyone should be vac- vaccinated? Is that no longer a, a, a discussion you know a talking point mm-hmm. at the point at this point in time because you know i mean when this all started they you know everyone talked about herd immunity and you know and for people who you know i'm sure everyone knows what herd immunity is but you know you vaccinate enough of you know within a group of people you vaccinate enough of these people i think it's like what 90 percent, 80 percent, 90 percent. it's a high percentage but but it, it the number is high enough where the risk of transmission and everyone else getting unwell um is reduced drastically, reduced drastically. Um, but this is different in itself, maybe because mm. you can still catch COVID and, and spread it <laughs> with this. That maybe herd immunity is not not but, a good thing. Actually, I may have just answered my question here. Maybe they don't talk about herd immunity because it doesn't work if you if you regardless whether you're vaccinated or not, you can still you can still get sick and pass it on. So maybe but my my question, Giovanni, is you know, you know, I think they're aiming for a you know, a, a specific percentage of people who they want to have vaccinated. Um, so the question is, you know, when you reach that goal step, are you still going to, you know, enforce, for example, face mask, um, you know, COVID passport, mm. scanning in and out of shops, um, you know, or is that going to end? So, you know, a, a one of the podcasts we've done before, we actually spoke about it. So my personal view is if, if you, for example, have interventions in place on a short-term basis, mm. you know, for example, scanning in and out of a shop, for example, you know, with the COVID trace wraps or, you know, face mask or PPE or even a, even something as a COVID passport, if it's for short-term, mm. you know, 
people can work with that. But I think having no dates, you know, is the, am I going to have a COVID passport for the rest of my life in New Zealand and always scanning, you know? Yeah, bro, that, you're going to have that, to get it tattooed. <laughs> tattooed on your so, forearm and then you just have to get it renewed on the system every six months. And I think that's what makes a lot of people angry, you know, is mm. um, when can I go back to work? You know, how long will I be discriminated against because of my personal choices? Um, so it's all those questions. There's no dates attached to it or there's, there's just a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, now we're in, I mean, now we're in the traffic light system, which I don't know if you fully understand, but I don't really fully understand. And I think that goes with a lot of other people in New Zealand. Because um, my understanding is if you are vaccinated, it doesn't really affect you. Like you can kind of just do whatever the fuck you want. In as what... long as you have your COVID passport. That's well, well, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. So, yeah. you know, so, so, so what's the point of the traffic light system? So, so is my... it for the unvaccinated mostly? So my question is, so let's say Auckland goes in green, traffic light green. Can people go back to work? I think so. I think so. Okay, so I'm just kind of looking up the official wording of it. So I'm at the covid19.govt.nz, you know, a very official, straight to the source kind of information. So the framework, which is traffic lights, uh, blah, 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 blah. It started on the 2nd of December, which is just this Friday. So that's cool. Uh, 15th of December, every people traveling out of Oakland will need to be fully vaccinated or have a negative COVID-19 tests administered no more than mm. 72 hours before departure mm. so does that mean you okay so you need to be fully vaccinated but if you're not vaccinated you need to at least have a negative test before mm. leaving yeah which is which is so do you still need a negative test but do you still need a negative test if you're fully vaccinated probably i think um you don't have it you, you don't need a test if you're fully vaccinated that's how I understand it. Okay. It's only the people who are not vaccinated that needs a test. So I'm just trying to figure out. Okay. Okay. So which is this... which is interesting because it doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or not, you can still pick up COVID. I guess. Um, yeah. Yes, that's true. That's true. You don't and you know, and I can imagine a plane it will be a very good way to transmit it to everyone with the recycled air and all that stuff. <laughs> okay. So just this is the snippet. So life at red. At Red, we need to take action to protect our vulnerable communities and our health system. Okay, never mind. This is not even an explanation. It's kind of just, I don't know. It's with, uh, okay. So it's just kind of just telling us what, what we can expect. So in Red, uh, life in Red. So gatherings, uh, gatherings and visits such as at home, church, and sport locations can go ahead at Red with vaccine pass requirements and restrictions travel you can travel around new zealand and stay at accommodation at red okay uh, businesses businesses and workplaces can open at red some workers may need to be vaccinated see that's it some workers may need to be vaccinated you know that again is straight away confusing um hospitality venues at red okay so everything kind of opens at red you know which means it just yeah see this makes no sense so as long as you're vaccinated, everything kind of can just keep going. So orange is like what a lighter version of that. <laughs> it, it, <it's> kind of... <laughs> so that's what I'm wondering whether it just affects you or applies to Maybe. you if you're unvaccinated. <laughs> but it doesn't. It doesn't really say that here. I mean, it doesn't really say you have to be vaccinated. Maybe if I dive deeper into it, I'm sure it'll say. But you know, straight from the outset, it kind of just 
Okay, it says you need to have your vaccine passport. So I guess that kind of means if you're vaccinated. Orange, though, doesn't really, nothing's jumping out to me too much. This one green. I mean, green, no restrictions. No restrictions. Events can go ahead, you know, opening green. Everything's okay. Yeah. Giovanni, so my question, do you, when it's green light, whenever that would be, do you think never, the nurses... We're never going to get there. Do you think nah, the I don't think so. be able to come back to work? I don't think so. Because I think, in, because I think as we kind of mentioned earlier in the podcast, I think because we work in, in a hospital medical setting, our rules are always different, right? So this is the green, uh, red, orange, green rules. This is for like the public. Right. And what the public can do. You have to, we, I have to keep reminding myself that because we work in healthcare, we're mm-hmm. kind of frontline. We are slightly different. We're always kind of like behind. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like when we're in levels, right. Which kind of made more sense when we had level one, two, and three, like that made so much sense why we had to switch it around and, you know, change it to the light system. I have no idea. I think the, the levels just made a lot more sense and was easy mm-hmm. to follow. Remember when we we're level three and then we went down to level two, we remained at a level three alert, sort of the way that we approach people, right? So when everyone was kind of easing off and going back to like a normal routine, we were working from a level three for probably like another month, you know? So our our ability to work doesn't is not really dependent on what the rest of the public is doing, I don't think. Um, and I don't think those nurses will be allowed back. I think that they're quite strict and strenuous about mm. um, the need for uh, healthcare workers to be vaccinated. I hope so, we find some middle ground. I really do because um, I don't, you know, I think there's a lot of good nurses that are being stood down. Um, and and I don't know whether people want to think it's fair or unfair, but um, it's worth a discussion at least. Mm. You know? So how I see it, Giovanni, is you know, moving from the levels onto the traffic light system, I see it, it kind of goes in part of it, the vaccine. So it's kind of, if you want to see the traffic light system as an incentive um, put in place to get people vaccinated. So that's how I see it as, a, as, a, as an incentive. Mm. Um, the cruel it may Coercion, be. Coercion, so, you mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so basically, if you are vaccinated, you you basically need fully vaccination so you can get your COVID passport. And then based on that passport, you're, um, you know, you'll be able to do your shopping and things as per usual. But then if you're not, um, that's where you'll be, you won't be able to, uh, you know, go into specific shops or kind of um, engage in, I guess, mm. the community as you usually would. So that's how I see the whole traffic light. It's, it's more uh, incentive to get people vaccinated, um, you know. Um, Coercion. You can say it. It, it is a little bit like coercion. If you coercion, don't do yeah. this, you won't be able to yeah. do that. Yeah. You know, and, um, it's, yeah. And I'm sure even on, this, on, the, on, the, on the finer details of the traffic light, let's say around funerals and things, you know, where let's say, for example, it's red if you are unvaccinated or something. Um, I'm not sure if you'll be able to attend that funeral um, or whether the funerals would still be capped to only vaccinated, um, you know, for example, family. Um, you know, so all those kind of things come into play. So suddenly some family members can go to funeral or can go mm. to wedding where others can't. And it basically is depending on the vaccination status. So those all are a lot of the things I think that would affect families and I guess 
people yeah. in New Zealand. No, definitely. And I think it, it's, it's a, regardless of how confusing it is, it's a good move that we're kind of going to a place where we're starting to ease off on restrictions. Um, I'm hoping we get to some semblance of normality where we don't have to rely on, on these vaccine passports and, you know, extra forms of ID that's going to um, allow you to do this or do that, you know? Yeah, man, you know what? You know, it's it was weird because I was in, well, I went to Dunedin for work, as you know. Um, and down there, because there's the, there wasn't any active cases in Dunedin, a lot of people walk around like with no masks and stuff like that. Oh, wow. And I was yeah. like, this is so, so refreshing. You know, it's so refreshing. I mean, yeah, there were some people wearing masks and stuff, but like, you know, it, everyone seemed a lot more calmer and then, you know, it felt a little bit, you know, you didn't feel like people were staring at you if you didn't wear a mask, you know, mm-hmm. and it was, um, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping we get back to that, mm-hmm. you know, where I don't know if we will, but, you know, I'm mm-hmm. hoping we do. It's true, Giovanni, because it's it's the small things that do matter, you know. So, for example, you want to go into a shop and just grab something, let's say just something quickly to eat. You mm. know, you're in, especially if you're a community nurse, you know. So often I would do home visits. I quickly run to a, oh. uh, into a bakery, grab a few items, you know, eat on the road, you know, and next, you know, then mm-hmm. I do my next home visit. But suddenly I need my phone. I need, you know, my activate my COVID tracer app, scan in. Um, put on my, passport. make sure I've got my face mask on, make mm-hmm. sure I gel my hands before I go with the alcohol, yeah. um, you know, and then suddenly I need to pull out my vaccine, you know, passport as well. So suddenly just buying a pie is not that easy, you know, um, and that's something, a small example. So it definitely <laughs> is impacting on you. That probably your... isn't a bad thing. Eh? Making it harder <laughs> for us to buy pies is probably not a bad uh... thing, to be honest. <laughs> We probably need more restrictions on us buying pies than anything, you know. Well, but you know, you know the, the police have their donuts, then the community nurses need their pies. Have their bro. pies, bro, for <laughs> sure. We've all got our vices, eh? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think the longer we do this, the less, you know, if you had any reservations about it before and you weren't really, you know, you're kind of on the fence, you know, you can see both sides of things, kind of like what we are, right? We're kind of like on the fence. We can see both po- both sides of the argument. But I think the longer we kind of keep going the way that we're going, you know, the less I think we just get used to it. And I don't know. I'm still not sure whether I think that's a good or a bad thing. But, you know, the longer we kind of having to do that, having to mask up, scan, uh, vaccine passport, mask, you know, um, when you travel, you have to do X, Y, Z. You know, the longer we do that, it just becomes a normal routine day-to-day thing you know and i don't know if that's a good or a bad thing you know because we kind of yeah yeah it's just yeah i'm, I'm very conflicted about the entire thing giovanni i think that's uh, what a lot of the conspiracy theorists are are questioning and have concerns around is you know is this basically uh, about power and control you know all of this controlling the masses and having the power to do so um mm. you know because every time you, for example, have to scan into a shop and stuff, you're complying, you know. Um, and I guess a lot of conspiracy theorists out there, for example, um, suddenly your location is always known, where you're going, what you're shopping. Um, so I guess that's the thing. And, you know, you know, part of that power and control is uh, to have the masses kind of just 
make all of that, you know, restrictions part of their usual kind of norms mm. so that people don't raise that question and stuff. And I guess that's why some people are nervous around, am I losing my freedom as a person, you know, um, and especially if you have things uh, being questioned, um, you know, like mm. personal choice around vaccines and stuff, some, suddenly it's it's a requirement versus, a, a, you know, a choice. Yes. So, it's, so there's a lot of stuff that the conspiracy theorists, I guess, um, mm. question well, as well. And Well, know, I think we should always we... be questioning. You know, I think we should always be questioning the things that our government does. Um, and especially if they're putting things into practice, mm. like all these vaccine passports and all that stuff, we should be questioning these things. We shouldn't just be, you know, we shouldn't just happily just uh, conform to it all. You know, um, I think, you know, governments always are striving for more power and control. That That's I don't think that's a conspiracy theory. That That's true. You know, I think they want to control more and be able to do more with more freedoms, you know, whether that's legislating, legislating more or not legislating more, you know, depending on which uh, side of the aisle you sit in. So I, I don't think that's that's out of the ordinary of what a lot of politicians do. You know, there's a lot of politicians that they're just for the power and for all that stuff. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of stuff that conspiracy theorists kind of think, and, and it's kind of mostly based on, you know, if you, go down to the absolute core of it all, it comes down to mistrust. You know, they just don't trust what the government is saying and they don't trust what the government's doing. And it just becomes a, a no trust exercise, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of, it, it, I, I still would not fully just like say, nah, that's all bullshit. Cause I'm sure a lot of it is, is, is probably if, if not true, you know, towing the line of what's actually happening, you know, because you kind of think about some of the things that the government does and you think, was that necessary? You know, do we need to do that? You know, you know, just look at the news, you know, just being very manipulative and kind of giving you one side of the story because that's one narrative they want you to sort of think of. And then another one gives you a narrative because that's what they want to think of. It, it's all it's all a form of, you know, of, of control in a way, you know. So that's the interesting um, an example to that, Giovanni, is, you know, the intervention or incentive or, you know, with the COVID pass, you know. Um, coercion, you mean? The, co the coercion. <laughs> is it, is it, you know, I don't know. I don't is know. it a reasonable, you know, intervention mm -hmm. in these times? And I, I guess that's what, you know, upsets a lot of people. A lot of people say this mm. is not reasonable. This is imposing and causing discrimination, causing division. Um, you know, that's why they're, uh, you know, very upset for that. Um, yeah. Is it reasonable? Hmm. That's a good question. Would you is, say it's reasonable or unreasonable, Giovanni? Is it reasonable to be forced to give your medical information to a person who's on the minimum wage? If I put it that way, no. <laughs> but it's not their fault. It's not their fault. So let, look, look it's, it's, a, it's a government mandate at the moment that this is kind of what you need to do to, in order to access certain aspects of the community. Um, I That's think it is unreasonable. I, I would say it's, it's unreasonable because I don't know if that actually has any real impact on the spread of the virus. You know what I mean? Like we mentioned before and established, a majority of people who catch COVID did worldwide. 
catch COVID and spread it are usually people who are already vaccinated. So with that in mind, the whole point of this vaccine passport and stuff is to kind of stop the, the, the spread of the virus. That's not going to happen. If this is what their plans are to slow the, the spread of the virus, it's not going to fucking happen. You know, because if you look at all the people that are going into crowds who are allowed to to have crowds, go to events and things like that, it's the vaccinated people. So these are the fuckers that are going to go and go to a concert, catch COVID and fucking spread it, you know, while is the, you know, probably by not by their choice, but the unvaccinated aren't allowed to go anywhere. So they're stuck at home, unable to do shit, you know, but they're not the ones that are going to be spreading it, you know. So it's yeah, yeah. It's it's so weird because you kind of also have that argument that, you know, like, oh, what about my grandmother? She's a very vulnerable person. And, you know, if you catch COVID and pass it to her, then, you know, mm-hmm. but if your grandmother should be getting the vaccine, you know, mm-hmm. I think that the small majority of people who can't get the vaccine, but a majority can. And if, you know, so if your grandmother has the vaccine, it shouldn't really matter if someone who's unvaccinated is around you because you should be covered anyway. Giovanni, and the thing is to add to that is I think personally New Zealand has reached the percentage of population that has had vaccine has been vaccinated, you know, so a, a large majority of New Zealand's population has been fully vaccinated. And if that's the case, you know, bringing in an incentive or um, an intervention as 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 dividing as a COVID passport at this point so late or so far down the track, mm. you know, which is quite, you know, you know, a very impacting intervention. I think that's a bit extreme. I think that's the complete wrong and 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 approach, you know, because now majority of New Zealand has been fully vaccinated and suddenly you bring in a intervention that causes discrimination mm. and I guess um an underclass of, of people. Um you know, is that necessary, you know, at this so far down, you know, um, mm. that's my question, you know, isn't that a bit over the top or, or kind of, you know, causing, opening the can of worms, you know, um, in the sense of um, you never know how people can respond and the consequences such an intervention can have. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the current numbers at the moment of, of people who are vaccinated. So fully vaccinated, we're sitting at 93%. So that's 93% of New Zealanders of New fully, Zealanders vaccinated. fully vaccinated and people with first dose is 94%. Mm. So, you and, know, we're actually, we're doing ridiculously well. And suddenly you bring in a COVID pass and suddenly, you know, I, and that's my question. Isn't that an, ex, you know, you know, why? Over the top, you mean? Yeah. 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 I don't know. You know, it's, it's hard to say because you want to be helpful, right? And I think people want to be helpful and not be the person that kind of gives COVID to people. Mm. Um, but it's, oh no, sorry. Let me, let me take that back. The total population vaccinated. Okay. No, no. Uh, first dose is 78%. So I'll take that back. And the second dose is 74%. So we're not sitting at that 90% yet. Mm. Um eligible That's, yeah so 94 percent is eligible so okay yeah taking into consideration children yeah. and yeah 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 that's another question i have are you going to vaccinate your children i i um i actually spoke 
to my wife. Um, mm. We decided not to, not yet. Um, you know, you anti-vaxxer. <laughs> <laughs> so we decided not yet. So because you know, a few reasons at the moment, it's it's not um, you know um, allowed or recommended that you know people children under twelve uh, get the mm. vaccine, and and both my children are. And the second thing is, um, I just want to see a bit more research, I guess, and a little bit more. Um, you know, just see what happens out there. And, you know, as far as I'm aware, you know, kids can can pick up COVID-19, can spread COVID-19, I'm sure. But mm. I understand they don't get as sick or, you know, susceptible, you know, to it as uh, elderly people and people that's immune compromised. Mm. Um, yeah. What, what about you, Gio? Are you? Um, no, no, I'm not going to be vaccinating my children. Basically, because the things that I've read so far shows that children under 12 are still are still higher, have a higher percentage of getting through COVID with no issues than an adult who is vaccinated. So an unvaccinated child is has a higher percentage of, of getting through COVID with no issues than mm. an adult who is vaccinated. So I don't see a real reason why I need to vaccinate my children because th- there's no there's not a lot of research backing that up. Second of all, if my child, you know, you know, I hope it doesn't happen. But if if my child or any of us gets COVID and, and they get through it, they automatically have an, an, a natural immunity that's been sort of uh, developed because they've caught COVID, which is actually longer lasting and much more stronger than people who've had the, the vaccine, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't see a reason for it. I don't see a reason for my children to get the COVID vaccine um, because it doesn't stop the spread and mm-hmm. their risk is, is, is not actually increased at all. Um, what am I saying? Their risk yeah, the, the, yeah, their the risk are are super super low of, of doing of getting anything negative happen towards them. So that's the thing, you know. If if you think about the in, the, the injection, you know, in itself, the, according to me, the main aim is it so that when you get COVID nineteen, you don't become as sick from it because of your immunity kind of being able to identify and I guess eliminate the mm. virus. Mm. Um, and the second um, factor is that because that happens you know, the the time frame where you can, for example, transmit it to other people is also hopefully shorter. So it's basically you don't become as sick and you, you know, the time for you to transfer the insect, you know, virus to others is shorter. Mm. That's how I see it with children, you know, already. So children, for example, doesn't necessarily become as sick um, mm. as the elder people and vulnerable, you know, immune compromised yeah. people. Um, and the second thing is, um, I'm thinking, you know, because of the immunity of the children and stuff, hopefully be able to, um, you know, eradicate yeah. it quicker. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's my thoughts behind it at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not going to be doing it. I don't think it's necessary. And I'm actually really because I did read somewhere that the New Zealand government is looking at introducing the vaccine for children under 12. Mm. Um, and, and, I, and I don't know why. I don't see a reason why they're doing that, which kind of feeds more into the conspiracy theorist side of things that they want more control, you know, and they want to make sure everyone's chipped. <laughs> you, know, see, I, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh god! So I can I can understand if they, for example, do research in the the vaccine and 
you know, if it's deemed safe for children, open it to New Zealanders and say you can have your kids vaccinated. Mm. But it should be, again, Giovanni, choice, because I have colleagues who is keen for their children to be vaccinated and is oh, wow. actually adamant about it, um, you know, and... Who? <laughs> you can tell me after the podcast because I'm, actually, interested, after the podcast, uh, I'm actually interested to know who that is. Yes. So they basically are saying, you know, we want our kids to be vaccinated. And, um, you know, for them, it's actually a, a, a real concern that they are not. Um, and, you know, so that so that there is definitely people who would want their children vaccinated. And that's why I say once it's deemed safe, open it up and, you know, people can have that choice. But yeah, but I, yeah, it's hard to get it because you can't get that information. You need longitudinal studies, which go at least five to 10 years to actually really determine, you know, whether something is safe or not. You kind of look at all the medications and stuff that kind of go through um, uh, our medical. Uh, what, what's the main uh, place that mentions? MedSafe? Not, I mean, no, not MedSafe. It's the people who actually decide what medications come into New Zealand and things the like that. Uh, I would say mm. probably Pharmac or something like that. But, you know, um, they wait for like long, you know, it takes them like so long to consider like any kind of medication. And that usually needs to be backed up by like years and years and years of research. This doesn't have that. Not to mention, not to add more fire to the fuel. This isn't your traditional vaccine. You know, this is an mRNA, basically a gene therapy, you know, so it's not your traditional vaccine. So and that's still a fairly new type of technology that we're using, you know, so I don't think, listen, we may go 10 years down the line and we may have some weird sickness that comes through because of the gene therapy. I don't know. I don't think it will. But you, you never know because there's no numbers and no studies um, to sort of say that we don't. So actually anything, anything's on the table, you know, um, and I'm not trying to sort of fear monger and kind of do that. But like, we just don't know the long term effects of this vaccine. Mm -hmm. Yes. In the, in, in, in the meantime, with the research it shows, it shows amazing ways of, of helping us survive COVID um, and manage that a lot more better. And, and I am 100 percent happy with that. And hence why I got both of the vaccines. Um, but if we had to be truthful to ourselves and, and, and fair all around, we do not know what's going to happen to, to us in the next 10 years. You know, are we going to develop something? Are we going to develop some kind of um, disability or something? I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, but that's the thing. No one knows. And anyone who says that they do, don't, they don't. You just don't know because the, we, it's just way too early in the whole entire thing. I look at it as we are a pilot study, <laughs> you know, we are, we are a study to see how gene therapy works and if it's successful, awesome. You know, if it's not, well, it's kind of too fucking late now, is it? You know, <laughs> I remember I had uh, just kind of on the same topic. I remember I had a dream and it was like, it, my dream was the conspiracy theorists were right. And everything, and, and it was like actually way far, far into the craziness where it was like, it, it is the mark of the devil and all the people who are vaccinated are fucked and all these things. And the people who, all the people we used to call crazy and uneducated and stupid are laughing their asses off because they were right all along. And I kind of woke up from my dream. I was like, what the fuck was that? What the fuck? What, what the hell? What kind of weird ass dream is this? But yeah, I had I had a really strong dream that you know that the conspiracy theories were real, and it kind of just made me think, "Fuck, 
on the off chance that they are right, we are going to look like fucking dickheads, bro. <laughs> we are going to look like absolute <laughs> dickheads. Oh, man. It's, it's fucking crazy. It's ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, I think um, I, I hope things go back to normal as soon as possible. Um, I just don't see it happening anytime soon, especially with new variants and shit coming through. Yeah. And I, you know, at the moment, you know, with the kids, it's not a blanket. No, you know, this is a no for the time being. Yes. So me and Ilana decided, you know, down the track, you know, a few months down the track, we'll revise it again, you know, see what's the research, see what's the opinions, you know, is there any mandates on it or not? Because that would have a big impact, you know. Um, And then we'll make another decision. But at the moment, we will just basically, you know, it's a no for now and then see what happens a bit later. I think that's a smart way to do it. I think you should, you know, don't jump to, you know, straight away yes, just because that's what, everyone's saying do your due diligence and you know be constantly doing your due diligence until you know such a time things change and things change you know medical medical stuff change all the time and things that we used to find normal are now you know obsolete or sort of frowned upon you know so yeah listen great discussions today you know if this doesn't get us uh you know um (laughs) followed by the government i don't know what will (laughs) (laughs) You know, but that's cool. So listen, thanks so much, everyone, for listening to this uh, episode. Episode 10. 10. Episode 10. We'll hit, we'll hit the episode 10. We are now going to be aiming to get guests on for the next episode. So episode 11 onwards, we're hopefully going to be getting some interesting guests coming through. They won't all necessarily be in the healthcare setting because uh, we'd like to. I think it would be good if we talk to a lot of other people and just interesting people in general. But we will start these discussions with other people. So be sure to look out for that. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and I believe that is all in terms of our social media following. Um, but we are currently on Spotify if you want to check us out. Spotify and Anchor if you want to check us out there. Also, if you guys want, we are part of an awesome network of podcasters here in New Zealand called the West West Network. You can find them at www.westwestnet.com. Um, and you'll find awesome, awesome things there. Every podcast for whatever your needs so check us out there so with that we'll see you guys in the next one thanks man thank you thank you Jevon. <laughs>